0: And we're back with a new episode of Down the Rabbit Hole. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, Carl. Uh, morning, Rapper. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. After a very long trip, but uh, it's all good. It's all good. It was good. Yeah. Good. a Successful trip, yes.
1: Excellent. And you? How is it going? Uh, it is going okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the weather, as you know, one of my favorite yes. subjects. Um, I think we're in autumn now. Yeah. I think we've got those... Well we have we've had some beautiful autumn days, I think. Yeah, I think so. But today's a little a little bit overcast and a little chilly.
0: That's Uh-huh. Not that bad. No, it's not that bad. It's raining and so on lately, but mm, it's okay. Yeah, it's not so bad. Yeah, I, I think the temperatures are quite mild for this time uh-huh. of year. And if you're a new listener and you're listening right now for us talking about the weather, us mm. talking about the weather, it's not we are not a show about the weather. No. But Carl always has this introductory yeah. segment with the weather of Transylvania, which is just discard the information if you don't like it. Mm. What We Are is a podcast about sci-fi, science, uh, conspiracy theories, yeah. and yeah. other stuff. Mm. And we always divide the topic in two, seg- in two parts. First part, we always uh, try to talk about the sci-fi and mysteries and conspiracy theories. Movies, books. Movies, books. And in the second part, we talk more science uh take the science part of the topic well we try to anyway or we try to yeah yeah. because we're just two idiots yeah that's why it's important that you share with us your thoughts Hmm. correct us if you think we're wrong in something yeah we would appreciate any feedback you can give us so just go do it there are many ways that you can actually uh, accomplish this through our website Hmm. or through the facebook or through twitter or suggest a topic. Or suggest a topic, yeah. If you would like us to talk about something, mm. just let us know. Mm. And we will see the topic and talk about it. And who knows, maybe you could even be a guest talking exactly. as
1: well. Always
0: looking for guests, right? Yep. Yeah. So today, second part about Mars. Mm. Colonising Mars. Mm. Living on Mars. Living on Mars. What actually implicates living there? What do we actually would need to go through? <laughs> Why? Why? Well, the why is actually an, also an interesting question, right? And before starting with the why and mm. start to think about it, uh, we should mention again a few facts a about few Mars. A few facts about Mars.
1: Mm-hmm. Shall I just do a few yep. and you can pick up a few? Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's our nearest neighbor going outwards from the sun. Uh-huh. Um, I think on its closest approach, I think it's about 50 million miles, I think it is. And I think it, at its furthest, I think it's about 180 or something.
0: Uh-huh.
1: A long way, as we call it. Yeah. Um. It's about half the size of the Earth. Um. And it is far less dense. It is only about 11% as dense as, as the Earth. And because of that, of course, the gravity is less. It's under half. And uh-huh. the surface, of course, it's called the Red Planets. And um, the reason for that is that the surface is dominated by what is effectively rust. Rust, yeah. Iron oxide. And
0: <laughs> I, don't, I don't think people would like that we change the name instead of the red planet to the rusty planet. The rusty planet, right?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the red planet is a bit more enigmatic. Yeah, yeah? of course. And of course, it has no magnetic field. Mm-hmm. I say, of course, it's not obvious, but it has no magnetic field. And it is thought that this was the main reason why it ultimately, it lost its atmosphere, or most of its atmosphere. Mm-hmm. So basically the cosmic, uh, or cosmic ray, solar wind, basically stripped it's away the away. atmosphere, a molecule at a time. Give uh-huh. it long enough and you end up with no atmosphere. Magnetosphere. Uh, yeah, because there's no magnetosphere to protect yeah. it like there is around the uh-huh. Earth. Like on Earth. Um, then the pressure is uh, much lower, a hundredth of the Earth. So that yeah. that means water. As soon as water appears on the surface of Mars, it what the term is? It sublimates. That is, it doesn't evaporate. It goes straight to a vapor. Uh huh. Because it doesn't boil. It just changes state. So you can't have now open water on the surface of Mars, although there are indicators that occasionally there may be very salty water does actually flow on the surface. Um, And it is now known that the majority of the remaining water, of which there is quite a lot, um, is actually locked up uh, under the surface in like Mm -hmm. permafrost. The permafrost and the poles. And one... Little extra point, which we didn't mention on the last program, uh-huh. and I was quite fascinated to actually look at was the temperature, surface temperature. Mm-hmm. And actually, at the equator in the summer, it can actually get to 20 degrees or 70 degrees Fahrenheit, which, which is, is
0: pretty pleasant,
1: yeah? pretty pleasant, but it doesn't yeah. last long, right? No, uh, <laughs> and um. Um, of course, you may also think that without an atmosphere, you would, if you wanted to do a bit of sunbathing, uh-huh. you may get some sunburn, Immediately. But, but of course you're a long way from the sun, aren't you? So maybe you don't. I don't know what the Not level true. of ultraviolet is and all that stuff. Well, it's less filtered for Whether sure. Whether you would need some cream, but you're so much further away, aren't you? uh-huh. uh-huh. Uh, yeah. So maybe you don't, right? Maybe it's ideal Mm -hmm. sunbathing territory.
0: The interesting part also is in the poles, the temperature, the minimum. It's chilly. Oh,
1: really chilly. Uh, Yeah. Minus 153 Celsius, which is going to be, what, 200 and something? 25.
0: Minus... 225 Fahrenheit. Yeah. Ooh. Which is really cold.
1: That is thermal underwear territory for sure, right? Yeah. Do you know how much is the temperature in our poles? Well, well, isn't the lowest temperature that has been recorded on Earth thought to be something like minus
0: 70? 70? Something like that? Yeah. So imagine that it's double. (laughs) The coldest temperature ever recorded. Yeah. And if you
1: stood out in this minus 70 for half an hour, probably your face would fall off or something. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Now, fortunately, you have spacesuits. Or they would have spaces if you're outside, right? Well,
1: I'm hoping they would have lightweight environment suits or something, wouldn't mm-hmm. they? but uh, they'd still have to be pretty special, wouldn't they? Yeah, and probably those kinds of suits don't exist currently. Yeah, uh, we've only got the kind of big, bulky things we have at the moment. Hmm. So yeah, so those are a few
0: facts, and well, we also have the the fact that uh, there's a interesting phrase that. <laughs> mars has like a curse on landers on really? landers well on, on missions, missions in full general stop, right? totally in general i yeah. only picked out
1: the landers here because it's the most difficult thing to do yeah right?
0: and in general even orbiters have had problems so you know yeah. of course this triggers this was probably something that we should have mentioned in the previous show mm. about conspiracy theories about that why some, that is, something right? is disrupting <laughs> the <laughs> yeah
1: nothing to do with our lack of knowledge at all yeah so yeah the um the the difficulty in getting to Mars and then landing
0: yeah. something on Mars I think one of the first uh, challenges was first of all, arrive there <laughs> yeah actually get there right? get there and, and once we get there it has been like yeah try and failure you know well i
1: I believe overall the mission failure rate is something like two thirds sixty six percent of missions either don't get there or when they get there they go wrong or Uh when they try and land that girl's wrong. Uh So it's like there are more failures than successes. And it all began way back in time. Yeah, back in the day. Back in the day when probably Mars wasn't even ready, it was probably in black and white. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, Certainly, it was through through any of the uh, landers. So the the first, I didn't know this, that the first mission to Mars was actually Russian, in, Russian in 1971, and it was called Mars Two, which is worrying in itself. I I'm saying that because there was a Mars One, which I think was just an orbiter. You didn't even. And reach. I think that failed as well. Yeah, I think um, I've got a feeling that one either didn't even get off the pad. Uh-huh, something it, happened to it didn't Earth. get out of Earth orbit or something or something happened um, Mars 2 failure Mars 2 was a <laughs> failure that is the
0: lander was a failure yeah um, the orbiter arrived yeah didn't give any uh, useful data yeah and when the lander <laughs> attempted to get uh, in the surface game over destroyed yeah. yeah like you said game over
1: but I mean that was 1971 and I but they it,
0: tried again the same year
1: well, I'm sure they did. I'm sure some people were trying to keep their asses out of, uh, you know, yeah. jail, probably. <laughs> or yeah, whatever the Russians called it in yeah. those days.
0: So was the Mars
1: 3? Mars 3, they had another go. Um, the orbiter, the lander did actually get on the ground. Yeah. And managed a whole 20 seconds of data. Which is astounding, obviously.
0: I think those 20 seconds in that moment must have uh, feel like a huge success.
1: I'm sure. it And it was. That is a huge yeah, achievement, obviously. Of course. And I actually don't know whether the 20 seconds of data was images. Probably not. It was probably... Just maybe some
0: temperature nine, analysis or just, whatever I was able to do in 20 seconds.
1: Yeah. And, <laughs> and then we had uh, 1973, Mars 6. I think you're getting the idea that there's a, a series here. There's a theme. Uh, Mars 6, USSR. Uh huh. A lander failed during descent. Uh huh. Then we had 1973, Mars 7. You've got to give it to them. They're trying, they are, right? Yeah. Um, bearing in mind, notice we've not mentioned one US mission so far. So no. it's all with the Russians. So Mars 7, 1973, failed because it missed, missed the, the planet, planet entirely
0: <laughs> and
1: is apparently in a solar orbit. It's yeah. quite interesting. He's now free. It's, it's, yeah, it's wandering. So then uh, it looks like the Russians ran out of um, Mars series at that point. Uh-huh. Everybody was in in the gulag at that point. Uh, so it was up to the Americans in 1975. And believe me, folks, I was there. <laughs> the Viking 1 yes. actually landed and it took those first images the famous oh, one so fantastic, right? For yeah. The, we were, everybody was blown away, right? uh uh-huh, uh-huh. um, So, interestingly, the the Americans' first landing attempt, success.
0: Right? Yeah. Then I, the, I'm almost sure that part of, they based a lot in the experience from the Russians to... Well, you say But that, the thing is that... Yeah, but of course, the, the Russians the, wouldn't be sharing, would they? No, it was in the times of Cold War. Yeah. So, yeah, true.
1: Well, no internet, right? So... Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know whether maybe the Americans are just more thorough because as
0: they we took them more time.
1: As we go through this list, one thing becomes pretty evident, uh-huh. which uh, we'll talk about it at the end. Okay, yeah. So we had 75, we had Viking 1, 75, we had Viking 2, because even the Americans had a spare, right? Yeah. So they sent another one, and uh, that successfully landed Again. as well, although I don't remember Viking 2, I must admit. Mm.
0: Um, but actually, both landers got very valuable information.
1: I think so. Um, then, of course, wasn't it the Viking lander that had the search for life stuff on it that gave back ambiguous? And, and, big US and, and right think. now, it's a big
0: story again. Yeah. A couple of days ago, appeared the fact that now scientists are thinking that probably were not uh, correctly considered the tests done in what they got from Mars. Huh. That uh, they set up with um, a test to measure the uh, carbon dioxide mm. emitted by uh, um, uh, a sample. Or sample, mm. and they thought that was something else, but it could actually have been done by living organism, bacteria, oh. which actually, of course, after that they perished or something. But right. they did release Cause uh, we murdered them. Yeah, <laughs> carbon dioxide and yeah. so on. And right now, like, I don't know, two days ago or something appeared in the news that scientists are starting to consider. Probably, we already had the evidence of life, but, you know, we uh, kind of uh, missed it.
1: Because, of course, uh, this current mission that's just arrived this week, uh-huh. uh at least the orbiter, um, that, of course, is mapping methane, right? Yeah. That's one of its major objectives. Uh uh-huh. um, Because there's this situation where there appears to be methane not in huge quantities, and it could be produced by um, ge- geological activity or life. But apparently, I didn't know this till recently, that those two types of methane are different. So uh-huh. obviously at the molecular level there's a different a structure. structure. And this orbiter, the uh, whatever it's called... Um, the methane mapper that's just arrived uh-huh. can actually tell the difference. That, mm-hmm. that is going to be interesting. But we'll come to that in a moment. Yeah. So then in 1999, we had a bit of a gap after 1975 um, when we realized there weren't actually any Martians walking about. Um, we get to 1999 and the US Mars Polar Lander. Okay. Uh huh. Oh, another interesting point is that the last Russian effort was 1973 Mars 7. Or at least that we know of. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Um, uh, Until, of course, this recent mission, which was an ESA Russian uh, Uh job. So 1999, we had the Mars Polar Lander. That was a failure. Now, I believe that was the one where they had an investigation, and it turned out the problem was that one part of the team was uh, measuring everything in metres and the other part <laughs> of the team was measuring everything in yards. Okay. And that's why it crashed. A minor detail they forgot to mention. Just minor, yes. Shall we just agree on the measurement system? Uh-huh. Eh, why would you bother doing that? Anyway, I'm sure they learned their lessons, so then we had, of course, the kind of ESA... Two thousand and three mission Beagle two. Uh, it was called Beagle two because Beagle one was in fact a sailing ship. Mm-hmm. Um, so Beagle two, which was named after this ship of exploration, was a British lander that hitchhiked on a ESA mission. Mm-hmm. And it is now known that it actually landed successfully because there are images of the landing site. And what can be seen is that one of the panels didn't open, didn't open properly right? yeah. and prevented it from phoning home. So close, but no bananas, let's yeah. say. So that was 2003 Beagle 2.
0: So what did we have next? The Beagle? next 2003, the rover, a famous mm. rover, Spirit. An opportunity, right? Opportunity came after, yes. Yeah. But this has been, I think, the first big success in general. Because, first of all, it arrived. Yeah. Second, it landed. Yeah. Third, it deployed correctly and phone home. Yeah. And the most important, have had both spirit and opportunity. Mm. More than 15 times the original time of yeah. war- time life that was expected from them. Yeah. And they still keep roaming around. Yeah. And, of course, what isn't on this list? And I can't understand this.
1: I got this list from NASA. Uh-huh. Is the one that was dropped with the sky crane? Is that Opportunity or not? Opportunity. I oh, that think is it was. Opportunity. Is yeah.
0: Right? Yeah, but that hasn't been there since 2003. It was like two years ago. Uh, oh, yeah. That was in the other one. Uh, what's his name?
1: Wasn't Spirit and Opportunity the two little ones? And then the sky crane one was a huge thing. It was as big as a mini. Uh huh. Yeah, you know, I the think... one that was dropped with the sky crane, but I can't remember what it's called now. Oh. Uh... Never mind. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Anyway, that was obviously a success, and used the sky crane, which we are totally impressed by. Um, and then the final one this week, uh huh, Shiparelli, the lander, um, yeah. So they've now got images of what appears to be a reasonably sized hole in the ground, yeah, which is where it uh, hit. At, they think about three hundred kilometers per hour. Mm-hmm. After it, they think at the moment it's parachutes. Detached too early. Yeah. Its uh,
0: retros didn't fiver long enough. So it got lost, uh, landing. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. But um, you forgot to mention that 2007, the Phoenix. Yeah, the Phoenix one, yeah. 25 was, gigabits of data yeah, was able to transmit. Fantastic.
1: Yeah. One small story about the Schiparelli uh-huh. is that uh, back in 2003 a British scientist designed and developed for Beagle 2 Uh an instrument that measured wind speed and direction, right? Uh Uh-huh, uh And this has never been done on Mars yet, you know, actually measuring the wind speed and that. And obviously Beagle was lost, but he had a working spare. So he hoped one day it would get to fly to Mars again. And guess what? It did! (laughs) <laughs> on Shiparelli. <laughs> so this poor British scientist has now had his second attempt to get his instruments on the surface of Mars
0: lost. Oh,
1: so that must be very disappointing.
0: Yes, of course.
1: Anyway, all I was going to say was there's a lesson to be learned here, and that is if somebody tries to sell you a ticket to go to Mars and the Russians are involved, <laughs> don't buy it. <laughs> They have no track record <laughs> of successful of landings. Success. Every mission that the Russians have been involved in has
0: failed. Well, there was one successful for twenty seconds.
1: I yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. I don't think they would have could learn enough from that to actually make a difference. But oh yeah. So it's. So- uh, A very
0: unforgiving destination. But why colonize Mars? Well, there are a lot of reasons of why we as humans would like to colonize or would benefit from colonizing Mars. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, we have the similarity between planets, the availability of water, the prospects for making, generating food, oxygen, the building materials there. Yeah, yeah. And, well, it could become actually like a potential uh, supplier for Earth also of raw material.
1: If they could find something valuable enough. Yeah? Yes. But you know the you know the theory about this kind of mining stuff, yeah. which is the same for asteroid mining, which is a problem with, let us say, on Mars, let us just say, you find an abundance, you know, super abundance of gold, for example. Uh-huh. The problem is that if you introduce that gold into the into the marketplace, then what's going to happen to the price of gold?
0: Yeah, it's, gonna it's going to going to go down. down. Yeah, yeah.
1: So that then removes the economic argument for mining uh-huh. in, in the first place.
0: But it can become a widely available material for True. For, for say for being used. Well, I could wear gold
1: heel shoes, for example. <laughs> Why not? Gold-rimmed glasses. But, yeah, so, obviously, one of the things about, proposed about Mars is a bit of a lifeboat type stuff, isn't it? Yeah.
0: You know. And, well... Uh, there are a couple of... Yes, let's say that another thing is that, for example, uh, how viable will be the option for colonisation? Mm. Well, first of all, the day. I think we didn't mention the day, No. Mm-hmm. It's 24 hours and 39 minutes. All
1: right. So no need to address your watches so, very much.
0: Let's say that we are able one day to transport also animals mm. uh, or plants. The cycle is not that hard to adapt to. Right. It's simple, will feel familiar. Or breed them, on, raise yes, them on Mars from, on Mars.
1: from um, you know cellular mm-hmm. material,
0: right? So that will make it, let's say, also easy. Uh, but... It has similar and basic seasonal patterns. Yeah, it has seasons, for sure. Yes, so it also adapts a little to what we have on Earth.
1: There is no tectonic movement. No.
0: So no earthquakes, that's good. Uh Uh-huh. I don't know, uh, what was the other uh, option? Uh, Well, there has been a lot of talks about uh, making missions to do this.
1: Well, there's the Mars One mission, which um, is some kind of consortium, isn't it? Yes. Although uh, that's tied to a TV reality show, isn't it?
0: Uh-huh, exactly, because... Which is uh, worrying. It's worrying, but that makes you think that there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of interest. Interest and money behind it. Mm. What Mars One wants is to establish a permanent human settlement in Mars. Yeah. Simple.
1: By a certain time frame,
0: isn't it? Uh, 2000 and... Let me see if it's, uh, was here it? in our show notes. Wasn't but it was it
1: 2030 or something? 20?
0: 27, 7... Something 20. like that, yes.
1: I mean, it's not... It's not gonna
0: happen, is it? I think it's too fast.
1: Too... wet. To, I mean, yeah, the the thing is, as I understand it, it's a one-way ticket anyway. Mm-hmm. There's no money-back guarantee. There's no... uh uh-huh. If you change your mind, you ain't coming back. And... I don't know about you, but I just don't yeah. think we have the technology
0: to um,
1: sustain a colony currently, can we? I it?
0: think it's hard. Well, there is an experiment already, the Biosphere yeah. 2, I yeah. which is a, a project that, you know, tries to simulate Mars-like conditions on Earth. But is that
1: not the one where people are living in it for a year or something? Yeah. That's ended now, hasn't it, I believe?
0: Uh, I think it finished like a couple of years ago, no? Yeah, well, I think so. Or a so. year ago. Something like that finished, they exit and... That was... Because m- there was a first attempt.
1: Well, that was more to do with the Biosphere 2 one, was more to do with the psychological aspects of surviving, uh-huh. wasn't it? There was the US thing, uh-huh. which was in the Arizona desert or something which was a kind of a proper biosphere, an attempt to create a closed environment, and uh-huh. that failed badly. Yeah. They couldn't make it work. And these, all these things have to be overcome for anything to work on Mars, right?
0: Uh-huh. Well, and talking about Mars One, recently was a paper submitted by a group of MIT researchers. Mm-hmm. Which analyzed a Mars One plan to colonize yeah. the planet, and here's the date: beginning in 2020. <laughs> and that, here's the funny part: concluded that the first astronaut would suffocate after 68 days, Right. while the others would die from a combination of starvation, dehydration, or incineration in an oxygen-rich atmosphere.
1: Oh well, it sounds like safer than some places on Earth at the moment.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds a bit like Syria. So there's a lot of challenges to go through. Huge. And I think one of the main ones, if you want to call it terraforming or trying to establish yeah. where you make a settlement yeah. the proper conditions mm. for them to survive.
1: Yeah. I mean, this terraforming thing, we've discussed this before. And uh-huh. You know, what is it that people don't understand about? Mars has no magnetosphere and therefore, even if you could terraform it, You'd have to be constantly topping up the atmosphere, wouldn't you? Uh huh. Because it's constantly losing it.
0: Yeah. And
1: and how do you provide protection against um how do you provide protection against solar flares and uh-huh. because there's nothing to divert it? Yeah. I mean, these are major issues, right? The only thing you could think of would be that either it'd establish colonies underground uh-huh. and use the you know, the surface as a barrier, or somehow we have find some technology where we can have domes or something, uh-huh. habitats, and somehow we can create a magnetic field over the dome uh-huh. strong enough to protect the inhabitants.
0: Yeah, well, this- now the the Mars One actually... The first part of their plan mm. was to establish several missions yeah. unmanned. Wasn't it first- to... Set up yeah. supplies. And, first uh, of all, set up a communication satellite in orbit right. that they could use to relay information and communicate mm-hmm. uh, uh, to Earth. Like a post office Second, happening. yes, yeah. deliver construction materials, deliver supplies, yeah, so that the first-man missions would arrive and start... Putting they, the pieces together. They'd
1: At least have a lunch ready. Yeah. When you go, <laughs> there's <laughs> they nothing. There's nothing worse ever after a long
0: journey not oh, having yeah. a decent meal, right? And their their plan, the, the telecom orbiter, the, as they call it, would be by 2018, right? And the the second part, where oh, I mean, the settlers would go by 2023. Oh my god! According to them. But they are not the only ones actually trying to send somebody. No. SpaceX and, you know, Elon Musk has Musk. announced also their plans to establish a colony. No. The, the interesting part is he says they want a population of 18,000 people. <laughs> well, What do you think about that? Well, well
1: ambitious. The, I mean, at least one thing you can say that Elon Musk has got that the Mars One crowd haven't got, and that is... Elon yeah. Musk has got access to technology,
0: right? Yeah. Well, the funny part is during his presentation, he appeared with this kind of uh, Tony Stark uh, look, beard, and yeah. so on. Yeah. But one thing that I personally notice is the fact that he really has no skills. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, to like give a public? Uh, yeah, I kind of keynote, <laughs> convince the audience. Because uh, I don't know, he really looked explaining things kind of doubtful maybe, uh, a bit uncomfortable uncomfortable not comfortable, a... yes not what they were expecting but they are saying that right now one ticket would cost 10 billion yeah but as they which rules me out yeah also me mm. at least maybe I could buy half <laughs> I wish <laughs> in fact I wish I could buy the last uh, <laughs> Knock the billion off. (laughs) No, the one that they're planning to settle for tourists or for people to migrate. Yeah. Yeah, $200,000. It's
1: becoming more realistic, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Well, it's considering that you're traveling to another planet instead of another continent. I think it's... uh,
1: Yeah. Although I have to say in that article where it says $200,000, roughly the same as a two-bedroom... Uh, in Madison, Wisconsin. There is a slight difference <laughs> yeah. which is you can actually get transport back from your two bedroom in Madison, uh-huh. Wisconsin.
0: But Yeah, but the first one is going to be uh ninety-nine more people uh what is, in the vessel and it's uh, the new forty story tall building uh story building, you know
1: 42 forty two engines at the bottom, yes. right? Yes.
0: And with all this new technology, the idea is that the rocket would launch. Yeah, you know, will the first phase goes? Yeah, returns.
1: Mm.
0: It's reusable, right? Yes, reusable. They reload, <laughs> launch it again, and makes again couple with a rocket. Yeah. to fill up all the empty space with fuel. Well, it's like a space cruiser, and isn't it? Shoom, there they goes.
1: Is it, they're calling it a space cruiser.
0: Yeah, and they're saying uh-huh.
1: it will hold. What was it? Ninety-nine people at a time or something?
0: Yeah, well, let's say 100.
1: Yeah, that would have to be quite big,
0: right? Yeah, for supplies, materials, instruments, uh, all kind of stuff that you will need to take for the trip of, let's say, seven months, taking the short route. I can't see that being You know, I was looking
1: a couple of weeks ago at developments in uh, engine technology, and of course this, uh-huh. this um, Musk proposal, I think, probably falls well, in many places, but one of them is transporting 99 people on a six or seven-month journey to Mars. I, I just don't... They kill each other, right?
0: <laughs> like I, many movies, right? Like <laughs> Just this. like
1: in the movies, right? We've all seen those movies, right? Yeah. Um, we need a... Uh, uh, a scale jumping te- propulsion technology uh-huh. for that leg from Earth to Mars orbit, and the only current contender at the moment is these ion rocket motors uh-huh. where they're actually nuclear-powered. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. if you have these ion motors that are nuclear-powered, uh, you could theoretically make the journey from Earth orbit to Mars orbit in uh-huh. one month. Right? Yeah. And that technology is under development right now. Uh-huh. But I think the thing with the Musk thing... Okay, getting off the ground, you need big, brutish rocket engines, right? Chemical-based stuff. But for the Mars leg, yeah. th- th- there's got to be a game changer somewhere else. It's just not realistic.
0: Mm-hmm. But you know, but the interesting part is that uh, he started that the development of the so-called uh, Mars colonial colonial transporter. Yeah, it sounds like a uh, cruiser thing. Battlestar Galactica-style <laughs> name. <laughs> uh, The Raptor rocket engine has been started to develop since 2014. Oh, that's fine for, you know, getting off this ground and getting Mm -hmm. into Earth orbits. But for when when they arrive, what they are planning to do is that uh, the ship, the heat shields on the ship, Mm. on the belly, Mm -hmm. will help to slow down. Yeah. But the real break is going to come from supersonic retro propulsion. Right. So that would make the uh the ship slowed completely down right. so let's say that they're just firing the engines at the planet in the same way like the the Falcon 9 rockets uh, return and land right. on the planet at the last minute
1: at the last moment yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. that
0: would uh, be exciting that would that's exciting
1: i think everybody change of underwear we're about to enter mars <laughs> <atmosphere>. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Can't you imagine looking at watching that surface coming up? To your yeah, but and of course, what they now need to start considering is that the gravity of Mars is one third of Earth. Mm. So, in a way, that would make it easier. But
1: I wonder what. I wonder probably. what. I wonder. Imagine, right, that you're coming through the atmosphere using your kind of aerobraking shape of uh-huh. your, your your space cruiser, your Mars cruiser, bit like. The space shuttle, in a way, right? uh-huh. so it comes in fast and furious, but it's not a glider, right? Uh-huh. So they use the braking of the shape and With all that belly, stuff. the yeah. belly, yeah,
0: that's going to do the same. But it's only, this.
1: but it's probably only going to slow down to probably a few hundred
0: kilometers per hour. Right? Yeah, that's why they said that this is not the feel the real final break.
1: And then, of course, they have to fire these retro rockets to bring it down to a. A gentle landing. I wonder what the max G is at that point when they would be right. They're pretty high order though. Uh I wonder what it is. I wonder what it is on the Falcon rockets when they do it when they recover them now. Uh Obviously. Earth gravity. The thing literally drops, doesn't it? It's just a guided drop. And then they fire the they restart the engines just as far as I know, just a few hundred feet above the ground. Uh uh I wonder what the G is to bring that to a standstill that you have to experience. I suppose it's only for a few seconds.
0: Yes. Well,
1: and there is... uh... And and wasn't Elon Musk also proposing in 2018 to actually land one of his prototypes on Mars? On Mars. Using the Falcon 9... Heavy, which is their new booster, mm-hmm. to get it into Orbeez. orbit and then off it pops to uh-huh. Mars and several months later it, they're actually proposing doing a Falcon nine style landing on Mars. Uh huh. Uh-huh. That'd be awesome. That'd be. <coughs> yeah. It would be much better if they sent a camera platform ahead of that so we, we could watch it coming
0: down. <laughs> That'd be even better. Yeah, and at the beginning of the speech, when he presented all this plan to colonize Mars, Mm. he says, I really think there are two fundamental paths Mm. for humans. One path is we stay on Earth forever, and some eventual extinction even wipes us out. Mm. And the other one, of course, is go to Mars. Go to Mars. Expand humanity.
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, you know, we've all seen all the sci-fi and all the... Mm -hmm. And, of course, there are actually some very good sci-fi books about exactly this kind of thing that are not sensationalists. They're actually quite very well thought through and so on and so forth. Uh-huh. Um, but do if you look at the population of Earth and what it would require in terms of reduction of population uh-huh. to make any difference to the inevitability of or ruination of this biosphere, um, really, you could only look on Mars as a lifeboat, couldn't you? Because you could only ever consider getting a, quite a relatively small number of people there. Yeah. Yes, you could potentially get a, a viable uh, di- genetic base to reproduce if you thought at some point you were going to get cut off from, from Earth. But Mm -hmm. for that to work, you would have to be able to manufacture everything that you need. Imagine semiconductor manufacturing. Yes. All that stuff, metals. But once
0: again, if in the end we discover that we have the necessary materials in Mars, that is saving you already a lot of uh, the problem.
1: I suppose maybe by then we're going to have 3D printers that are going to be able to print a lot of components. Not, uh, Not necessarily at the atomic level yet, but... I, I suppose you can see evolutions of technology that we have today that uh-huh, Applied somehow in a yeah. different way, yeah. So you ship printers to Mars, right? Mm-hmm. Of various types. Start...
0: Disassembled and assembled in there.
1: Well, because even now I know that it, certainly in the UK, uh, there are printers uh, that actually print uh, buildings. There, there are. are. giant printers. They're as, as big as this apartment... There are they, mm-hmm. they're, they're experiments run by universities with, in league with the building industry, and they actually have printers that print concrete. Hmm. So, obviously, you can make concrete from various things. So, imagine just digging up the regolith, the soil on Mars, mixing it with a few chemicals, and create your. Shoving it into the big building printer, and you're knocking out ab- modules, habit- modules, habitat yeah. modules. So. You can see that at those scales, that technology is going to be developed soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you can send smaller printers ahead to print the components for those large Lardier printers. printers. Right? Exactly, it's all scalable, right? Yeah, yeah. And then, um, of course, we now have, even now, we have printers that will print metals, mm-hmm. uh, aluminium, uh, other. whatever there's various ones but i suppose you can see
0: a way you can actually be done yeah actually be done but i think the
1: things that still bother me are um solar flares radiation yes of course to me are the biggest issues
0: Mm -hmm. um something like we we need to develop urgently a Energy
1: shield. <laughs> a magnetic, some kind of magnetic bubble, right? Yeah. And in fact, for uh, any manned missions to Mars, uh, one of the biggest um, concerns is right. how do you protect them on route yeah. from solar flares? Mm-hmm. And my understanding is that the the ones that have been come up with so far are either, either because they're going to have to take quite a large quantity of water with them, Mm -hmm. that they somehow arrange it so that the water forms a kind of a torus shelter, so that the water is the barrier. Mm -hmm. But I know that I've looked at some stuff with NASA, Advanced Propulsions Division, and I think there was was something there about uh, creating an intense magnetic field. Mm -hmm. And basically astronauts would go in. To a shelter, they'd put up this magnetic field if they knew there was because they get space weather forecasts. They can do that. <laughs> yeah. They can do that now with these stuff. I hope more accurate than the one on Earth. Well, <laughs> that wouldn't be <laughs> difficult, would it? I mean, they've got these um, sun probes, like Halo, I think it's called, mm-hmm. that is used to forecast or can observe solar flares, so they know when they're coming, and they would then go into this kind of central thing put this big magnetic bubble up, and they would sit there until it went past. Mm -hmm. But, you know, what is Mr. Musk and his uh, space cruiser? What is the solution there? Or everybody wears a tinfoil jacket or, (laughs) you know, these these are big big problems, aren't they?
0: Yeah. Well, serious problems. Well, another player, let's say, in the Mars colonization, Mm. of course, is NASA. Yeah, itself. In their new paper, uh, Journey to Mars, Mm. they are saying that they would like... To start uh, the missions by 2030. Yeah. So they are uh, also the plan is for establishing a permanent settlement uh, on Mars, and that they have plans to create uh, deep space uh, habitation facilities, as they call it, mm. which will act as stepping stones to Mars. Wow. you know, like uh, yeah, go step bit by, by bit, step. Right? Mm. Yeah, and which is not also a bad idea, but. Once again, you also present with uh, certain challenges there. Absolutely. Like the one you just mentioned. Absolutely.
1: I mean, the one thing I like about a NASA, Mm -hmm. and it could be anybody, but it just happens to be NASA, you feel reasonably confident (laughs) Uh that when NASA say something in terms of research papers and study papers, Uh that they've had some of the biggest if not the biggest brains on the planet looking at it. Yeah. And it's well thought out. That it's there is no political spin, there is no You know what I mean? It's just solid stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh with I have huge respect for Elon Musk obviously with what he's done, but you do get the feeling a little bit is that they are kind of playing a in, a, in some regard, a um, it's as much a PR exercise as anything else, isn't it? Yeah. And this Mars One thing, hello, reality TV, are you kidding me?
0: Well, they are trying to do this just to get the money. Yeah, I know. The funding for it. Well, yeah. One interesting thing is that NASA is also dividing this in three stages. Mm. And they call it, the first one, uh, Earth Reliant. Right. Second one is Robbing ground. Right. Really? And the third one is Earth independent. Earth
1: independent. So they're they are
0: thinking in going, you know, yeah. Earth independent. The full Yeah. That's
1: interesting. So then we'd have a king of Mars, maybe, or a <laughs> Queen of Mars.
0: Well, I think eventually maybe it sounds a little like some sci fi like for the previous show, mm-hmm. but if we happen to colonize Mars, mm. I think this will happen eventually. A fully independent uh, civilization.
1: It's bad. It's bad. Why would it be any different to what history has told of us? That if you have a colony, we are still
0: humans, just there. Yeah, so that will change at some point. They'll go. You know what? It will happen because the newborns will be Martians. <laughs> Why would they have any attachment to Earth?
1: Yeah, it would all be all rather strange, wouldn't it? And, yeah. Uh, um, Again, going back to NASA's uh, approach, uh-huh. which obviously seems very rational to us, um, I know, for example, that NASA are looking at, you know, this um, this new manned capsule that they've got. Uh-huh. Yeah, what it's called now? It's a, quite a big thing. It can hold up to seven. It's yeah, big. It big. looks. It looks like an Apollo capsule. Exactly. But way bigger, right? Uh huh. And. They have also got some other plans to conduct missions beyond the moon, but obviously not Mars, to actually build up expertise. Yep. This thing, for example, about rendezvous rendezvousing with a near-Earth object uh-huh. and dragging it into a moon orbit. It's right?
0: exactly what uh, some of this uh, last phase of the NASA plan is. Mm. Uh, for example, the first one, uh, or let's say in the final step, mm. they will send the humans... To one, to orbit, mm-hmm. or to one of the moons. Right. Before the crew actually lands on the surface of Mars. And they will set up the colonies using modular architecture and 3D printing. Right. So, exactly what you were mentioning. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly what they will do according to the yeah. press release by, by them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And now that they are, they are mentioned that they are closer right now to send an astronaut to Mars than any point in history.
1: Mm-hmm. And it also makes you think, you know, NASA has this they call it Robonaut, yeah, um, which is is about to get its legs apparently uh, uh, soon. I don't know whether you've seen Robonaut, but Robonaut is very impressive, Mm -hmm. and it has full human arm movement and the whole thing. Yeah, 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 and you can imagine, for example, that they could um put themselves on a um a moon of Mars and then initially send obviously um landers of various kinds onto the surface of Mars and use um remotely guided Robonauts which mm-hmm. have the same dexterity and everything as a human to actually operate the equipment on the surface of Mars. Mm-hmm. You know you can you can kind of see. And create
0: there the proper conditions for Create or the them just infrastructure,
1: land. right? And then yeah. when you land, you got somewhere to go. Uh huh. You can kind of, you know, these NASA, they are smart people, right? I mean, uh-huh. whatever you think of the US, mm-hmm. smart.
0: Got some smart people. So let's say that the interesting part of all this is that it has become, again, a race. Just, just like was the race for the moon. Now we have the race for Mars
1: and yet it's a lot of it is
0: private initiative. Exactly. Mars one Elon Musk. Yeah. Private entities.
1: Well it's like uh, during my country's and many other countries but during my country's uh, empire phase mm-hmm. we had the privateers you know who were yeah. go- who were going out to find new lands new New products, new whatever, yeah, new ideas. Contractors. Yeah, and they, and they set out with the idea that they were going to find stuff that would have value and use that to as the justification to fund their, their missions, which were obviously sailing ships and all this stuff. Are we now entering that phase with our solar system? It seems so, isn't it? Because there is no way your Elon Musks are going to go to Mars unless they can figure out a way of making a buck out of it, right? hmm mm-hmm. They're not doing it for charity reasons. No, 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 no.
0: It's got they to, need to get out there some profit.
1: It's got to at least pay for itself, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And you need pay for itself and some profits to at least continue
0: development. That's why the Mars one is relying on the media.
1: Good God.
0: We know how reliable Because that will bring a lot of money to the media, have exclusivity on... To watch 10 people die on Mars. (laughs) (laughs) I think even like that would be profitable for them. Let's put it like this. Would there be time to have advertising breaks while the people are dying (laughs) on Mars? Or who knows, because you know that uh, uh, disaster, adversities sells very easy, this kind of bad series. new sales right yeah, yeah and they would just invest back in the mars one so
1: <laughs> what have we yeah. become right.
0: <laughs>
1: none of this sounds good
0: right yeah it's i don't know it's um
1: it's an interesting time yes we're entering an interesting period yeah I,
0: ah, I just hope we were able to see at least the first man landing on mars before we
1: before we kick the bucket, right? Yeah. 2030. How old will I be in 2030? Just hang on a minute. It's not looking good. <laughs> oh, God. No, I'll be, oh, God. I'll be like 82 or something. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'll probably think I'm a chicken by then. <laughs> oh, well, we'll see. We'll yeah. see. Maybe I will see somebody land on Mars. Yeah. Yeah would be better would be mm-hmm. to see somebody come back from Mars. That That's
0: what I'd like to see. Uh, there might be people wanting to come back, but I believe that at the beginning will be a one-way, a one-way ticket. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, I hope it's not like the British rail system where if you buy a one-way ticket, it costs £100. If you buy a return ticket, it's £101. <laughs> I presume they won't be doing that.
0: But, no, I doubt anyway. it. Nobody's that crazy, right? No. Other than the Brits. And anyway. Yes. So... Have we done on Mars? Yes, we're done on Mars. But what do you think? You're listening now the the podcast. Yeah. What's your idea on it? Do you think we'll be able to actually do it, to colonize Mars? I mean, probably, eventually we will do it. But yeah. how fast do you think? What do you think will be, or what, what would you consider that are the biggest uh, challenges ahead?
1: And is this just another... Flash in the pan type uh-huh. thing that will lose uh-huh. momentum, of or course. will it keep going?
0: Do you think this is just a, a burst of yeah, uh, a burst of interest, interest, a hype thing, or just will disappear in time? Yeah. We're back to the moon and well, ourselves, or we fall
1: back on government efforts slowly, yeah, slowly, slowly, slowly. I think it's only private money that will make it work. Uh-huh. But
0: so, send us your comments, mm. tell us what do you think, and if you would personally go go to Mars, and because that's a big decision. Would you go on a one-way ticket? Uh-huh. That's, yes. It's I don't think I would. Big de- Big decision here.
1: I think I want
0: a an option. Uh-huh. An option back. I think so. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well. Well. There we go. There we go. This is it. This is it for today. Yeah. And... Thank you for listening. Remember to get in touch with us. And we will talk to you, Carl, next week. Thank you, Raf, And to everybody else as well. Take care. See you next time. All names, sounds, logos, and other related items are owned by their respective trademark and copyright holders. This podcast is a production of Dark Mind Radio. Go to darkmindradio.com To find out more All rights reserved Dark Mind Radio 2016